Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. What I want to say, the funny thing is that this was at the end. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I want to say it now. With the sum of the decisions that we make, and what I mean by that is that every decision that we have made in life is the summation of who we are now. But it goes back further than that. Did you know that we're the sum of the decisions that our parents made? My parents, uh, my dad got a job um, in the Cook Islands uh, government in 1981. And uh, I'm not a Cook Islander, I'm a permanent resident, but my dad moved here in 1981. And uh, I went to Te College, and now look, I'm here. I've, uh, Sophie and I've been married 34 years. I have um, three children and four grandchildren, and I'm I'm connected to the Cook Islands. If Dad didn't take up that job, but what I want to say is, we're the summation of the decisions that we make. And then 1999, Sophie and I we made a decision, and and we're the summation in our family and uh, where we are the summation of that decision. In 1999, we gave our heart to Jesus Christ. We gave our heart to the Lord. And I want to tell you that looking back those 23 years, um, it wasn't easy. We, were, we, were, um, uh, we came out of the Catholic Church, so, uh, but that's a story in itself. But we, we were Catholics up, up in, for most of our life. And then we gave our heart to the Lord. I went to a, for a trip to New Zealand on just a trip. Anyway, came back born again. And um, Sophie and I made a decision to follow Christ from that point 23 years ago. And if the best testimony of the change in our life is when I talked to my own children, because they, they were, I don't know, I think eight, I think four, eight, seven, eight, twelve, something like that. But they were young. But the older ones saw the change, saw the change. But what I want to say and what happened right through conference and every testimony, every person here, the biggest decision that you can make is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. That's the best decision you can ever make. And the thing is, is that you make this decision, but you don't know the full outcome. But when you look back, all you can see is the hand of God. All you can see is the hand of God. Um, Sophie and I are so fortunate now that our, our children are moving home. Our grandchildren uh, are living in Rarotonga now. Uh, we didn't leave. We just stayed in Rar. But what I want to say is that the decisions that you're going to make is going to affect the generations to come beyond you, beyond your life. And it's an amazing thing that I don't, I know there's a lot of decisions you can make, but the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior is the one decision that can change the generation for a hundred years. It can change the course of your family. Because I want to tell you that the devil has a course for you. He has a plan for your family. And it's stated very clearly in the Bible is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to miss out on the kingdom of God. Sophie and I were tracking down that way. We were tracking that way. But we found Jesus. But what I want to say is, is that what a great opportunity for you, not only to put your life right with the Lord, but just to think that the generations to come, you know, you're the first one. You might be the first one, I'm saying. 
but it's just such a such a great thing. So I'm sure that you agree that uh, career-wise, wherever you are, education, um, partner choice, you know, it's a decision that you've made, and this is where you are. And even coming to church this morning, it's a good decision. So I'm not going to talk for too long, but I just want to highlight some things that I thought that um, that I really got out of the conference, and I believe it's what God's saying is not just to Celebration Church, but He. He's saying it um, around the world. And if I had to give this uh, preaching a name, um, I'd like to call it Come Alive and You're Made to Live. Come Alive and You're Made to Live. If, I've, if I could just read from Ephesians, Ephesians 2, uh, 2. And he made, and you he made alive, who were dead and trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also, sorry, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and, and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. You are made to live. That's what they call a born. <laughs> and that's why when you give your Jesus Christ, give your life to Jesus Christ, they call it being born again. I want to say you are made to live. And if we go down to chapter 10, I mean verse 10, sorry. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But what that scripture says is, is that you've been made alive again. And if you've made some bad choices in life or some choices that we would say is maybe not godly choices or choices that put you uh, outside of the kingdom of God or in your path or in the, um, how should we say it, uh, the plan that God has for you, the good news is, is that you're made to live. And you can come out of that. And that's what I got out of the, out of, out of the, um, the conference, that we can come out of that. You can come out of that. And it's going back to that decision, that decision for Jesus Christ. So we're living one way, and then we decide to live another way, and it's called coming, coming alive. But the Bible uses a word all through, and the Christians uh, know it, but if you, it's called repentance. And whenever something changes, and whenever something changes, or the Holy Spirit moves, there's always repentance. And if, if repentance is a new word to you, and you haven't heard it before, it just means change your path. It just means don't do what you're doing now that's offending God and go the other way. It means make good, good decisions and good choices, but it means to have godly sorrow for what you did. But it, it, it means repentance is, is when you, is God can work on repentance. And as a church, this is where, what we need to do. We need to have repentance. We need to have a repented heart. And I want to tell you that God is looking for repentance. He's looking for repentance. And when he brings repentance, he brings healing. But what the Bible says right now, and I just want to bring your, bring your attention to this, is that, and I'll just put it simply, we just need to open our eyes. We need to open our eyes today and see God. Open our eyes and see God. So what happened with Paul? You know the story that Paul was persecuting Christians, and uh, he was pretty much single-mindedly, but then he had that encounter with God, and we won't go uh, deeply into it, 
but there was a point with it uh, in the journey that um, he got prayed over and they said scales fell out of his eyes but then it said he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he could see and the very next moment after that whatever it is fell out of his eyes and he could see he started preaching and he started preaching one message he said I am this I am uh, uh, I am a, not the son of God but I am a son of God sorry I am a son of God. But what I want to say about Paul is that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he could see. And I think that's the message for us. We've got to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we can see. Then we can see. Because I want to tell you that uh, what the world sees and what we see, and the Scripture in Ephesians talks about the prince of the power of the air, the prince of Persia, and, well, basically the devil. But what we... um, uh, what what the devil wants us to see, and you can see it right now, it's division, separation, division, separation. It's it's separate by race, separate by a wealth, separate by beliefs. But there's just separation, separation by gender. It's just it's just ongoing. But there's separation, separation, separation. There's division, and the scripture says clearly in Matthew, it says that a house divided amongst itself will not stand. So the devil is trying to divide. Divide, divide, divide. But the Holy Spirit is working in the opposite. He's working the opposite. He's bringing unity. He's bringing us together. He's bringing us together. So I want to tell you the the message here, I mean, I've got a lot of scriptures, but what I really want to say is that we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to get the Holy Spirit back. We've got to get the eyes of God back. We've got to get those scales out of of our eyes. Because remember when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, they say something fell out of but forget that definition but he could see he could see clearly and as a church we need to get that blindness out we need to see we need to, we need to see what's happening we need to see because the devil wants us to see division he wants us to see race and i like what murray said he said there's only one race the human race you know and um i had um uh, a while back before covid um, i had some friends and they were chinese doctors and um, they came back, and they're still Chinese doctors. <laughs> they didn't change anything else. But they came back, and um, uh, they, he used to tutor me in uh, speaking Chinese, so it, w- it was really good. But when they came back, he said that, I said, so what happened to you? I haven't seen you for so long. And he said, oh, they moved around a bit, but, but they went and worked in England. And uh, she said she would never work in England again. She's qualified and got all the papers to be a doctor in England. And she said it was so racist. She said, or so racist, and I'm just saying what, if you're English here, sorry, I'm not going to offend you, if I offend you, but just what she was telling me, but in the work and work environment, but she said it was funny, and what she said to me was, um, the Chinese were racist against the Chinese, so if you're Mandarin, um, they were against the Cantonese, so she said that there, there, was, there was racism between uh, different races, but they're saying even the race, the races were races. And it, and, and she, but she said she had enough of it, and she, she, she loved, she, they came back for another three-year contract. But what, but what I want to say is the devil is here to separate. But not only that, he's here to separate your family. He's here to separate you and your uh, uh, marriages. And... Um, um, if marriages are coming under contention at the moment, uh, it's the devil's plan. It's not God's plan. All you need is more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit so you can, so you can see. And you don't have to look far to what the devil's up to. Just go on social media and, and TV and that. 
But it's true. It's right there out, out in the open. It's right there out in the open. So what I want to do is, I've just got a, about three more things to share, but I just want to give us a good encouragement. I think we need it. We need a good encouragement. We need a good encouragement because the thing is, is that the, the world can wear us down. Yeah, it can wear us down and, you know, we're thinking about the economy and we're thinking about this, that, and the other. We're thinking about crime. Um, I, I talked to my parents in Auckland and uh, they live in what used to be quite a, I don't know, safe, safe neighborhood and it was, it was all nice. But now, my gosh, it's, uh, they've had, um, uh, you know, the, when the car drives through the mall, yeah, Ram Raid, and they had one at their pet the petrol station. I thought this was like a real safe petrol station. They're just up around the road, uh, but it's getting quite, quite rough. My son lives in Japan and, um, for three years and used to live in Auckland, and he said he felt safer in Japan with 20 million people in Tokyo than he did walking down Auckland. But we won't dwell on that. I'm supposed to be bringing life. Guess <laughs> this is the worst life message I've ever heard. Man, that's terrible. Get me to next Sunday so we can have lunch. <laughs> Lord. Anyway, but the Bible, the uh, uh, Bible puts it this way: we've got to return to our first love. And I love that scripture in uh, Revelations too, where he talks about the Ephesians church, and they says, "Man, you were good at this, man." You did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. You were all really good for the Lord. But I have this one thing against you. You've lost your first love. And I think that's a message for us individually. And this is what I've been praying is that I need my first love. We need to be passionate about God again. We need to be passionate about the Holy Spirit. You need to be getting up early to pray. You need to turn off the TV. You need to, to get off the, um, I want to say TikTok. Get off the TikTok, you know, you better get off social media and all that. But what I'm saying is we need to return to our first love. And what I feel the Lord is saying is that we just got to get back to basics. We've got to read the word. We've got to pray. But what's going to happen is, is that um, there's another scripture in there. It's in Acts 19 where uh, Paul was talking to the guys from Ephesus again. And he said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? And they said, we've never been told about the Holy Spirit. He said, well, what were you baptized in? He said, well, John baptized us in, uh, baptized us in the name of the Lord. And, but what I'm saying is, is that we've got to get the Holy Spirit back. We've got to get the Holy Spirit back. I think that's my only message. We've got to get the Holy Spirit back, and we've got to fall in love with God again. We've got to get the Holy Spirit. We've got to get the Holy Spirit risen up in us, and we're made to live. You're made to live. You're made to be alive. You're not made to be dead. The, the devil wants you dead. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but we've got to get the Holy Spirit fire back. We've got to get it. I sat there, and Murray said, you've gone to sleep. And I said, I woke up, and I said, what? <laughs> Did he say something, Sophie? But what I'm saying is, is that we've got to wake up. We have to wake up, church. We have to wake up. Complacency. Men, you've got to wake up. Men, you've got to wake up. Men, you've got to take responsibility. And the thing, the message that we hear a lot is victim. So what if you're a victim? Just, just hold your tongue or whatever you've got to do, but just, just, I don't know. we just got to get empowered by the Holy Spirit again and, and just get invigorated for the Lord again. We've got to wake up. This is how we're going to navigate these tormenting times, as if we're full of the Holy Spirit. If we're full of the Holy Spirit, 
I've been reading the book of Daniel, and Daniel was, a, was you know the story of Daniel. Daniel was, uh, he came under the king Nebuchadnezzar, and king Nebuchadnezzar said, uh, well, he was handed over uh, Judah uh, by the Lord, by the way. He didn't beat him. The Lord handed him over, but that's another story. But what happened was the king said, go out and get all the good-looking men of Judah who are related to the king and nobles. Get all of them. I round them up. I want the good-looking ones. So everyone here would have been picked, so you're good. But he said, I want all the good-looking ones and wise, and, and that. but you know the story. And he, they wanted to, to train them. They wanted to train them in, in, in the ways of, of, uh, of the Chal Chaldeans, I think. Let's look at um, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with wine, which he drank. And I'll just leave it there. But, but the main part is this, because Daniel purposed in his heart not to, fight, not to defile himself. And the description of the world of, ne of King Nebuchadnezzar, it kind of matches 2023 a bit. You know what I mean? The, the world was in turmoil. The kings were up and down. They, 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 were, they were against the Lord. What they did in those days, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he wanted wisdom, he got three wise men, a magician, an astrologer, and a sorcerer. And all through the Daniel, this is where he got his wisdom, from a magician, an astrologer, and a sorcerer. And I just want to put it out there. This is where the world gets its wisdom from. This is where they go for their wisdom. They go to the magician, the astrologer, and the sorcerer. And we're seeing it right here in the Cook Islands. In the Cook Islands right now, the world is turning back to our pagan ways. I read in the paper the other day that we've just dedicated 250 acres of land or something like that to, to, to what the Cook Islands was like pre-Christianity. Who cares? Who cares? Why are we looking back? Why are we looking back? And then we had this other celebration where we were looking at the stars for astrology. And I want to tell you, that's where the world gets its wisdom from. And what, what, uh, what um, Daniel... What Daniel said is that, I'm not going to be part of that. I'm not going to purpose my way. And he said to the king's delicacies. And delicacies in 2023 talks about the temptations of the world. What delicacies has the world been offering you? What delicacies has the internet been offering you? What delicacies of the world have been put in front of you to make you think like the world, to make you talk like the world, to make you talk their language, and to make you fit in. Because I want to say to you, the first thing the world wants to do was two things. They want to dilute God into gods, because in chapter 1, they said they took the, the, the um, articles from the temple of God, big G, and they took it to their temple of gods, little g. So the first thing the world wants to do, they want to dilute God. They want to mix them in with all the other gods, and they want to take the power out of God, they want to take the anointing out of God and they want to deny God. And I want to tell you, there's a name for that spirit and it's called the Antichrist spirit. And, that's, and the Bible says that the Antichrist spirit is alive and it's working. But, but the message today is open your eyes. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and see what's happening. See what's happening. But purpose your heart like Daniel. Daniel said, I'm going to purpose in my heart that I'm not going to take the king's delicacies. I'm not going to partake of that. Don't be a partaker of the world. And then the, the other thing is, is that, so 10 days later, 
He just had vegetables. But what I want to say, he said, test me for 10 days. And 10 days later, the Bible says, the scripture says right there, that he was 10 times more knowledgeable than the magicians, than the astrologers, than the sorcerers. He was 10 times more knowledgeable. But the scripture in the same area says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So where are you getting your wisdom from? Where are you going? Are you eating of the delicacies of the world? That's the challenge. But the Lord says, wake up. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be passionate. We're made to be alive. But when I mean by alive, I mean really alive. I mean alive, filled with the Holy Spirit. Share the word. And if you're feeling down, this is why we're a family. Because we know we're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But if you're feeling down, that's why we have cell groups. That's why you have a mate that you can, you can text. Or you can, you know, we're in it together. And for, for, for married couples, this is why you have a comparable helper. A comparable helper. But I just want to take that note from Daniel Lay. Man, return to your first love. Don't deny the Holy Spirit anymore. And turn your heart to God and reject the world. Daniel 1.8. Daniel 1.8. Murray preached the message, in, uh, and, and I, caught wind, I, I watched it, but one of the things he said is, don't look back. Don't look back. And I want to tell you, when you look back, it does two things. Well, it probably does one thing. But when you look back, it steals your future. It steals your future. God has got a plan for you. It's an awesome plan for you. But if you're looking back, how are you going to get into that, that awesome plan of God for you? Don't look back. Don't look back. And one of the things he preached on was soul ties to, to, um, to the past. Break those ties. Break those ties. And then um, I was driving in the truck to town. Uh, good prayer time. Just whatever the, their time is. And the Lord says that I've got soul ties to events. Because I thought you could have only have soul ties to people. And he says, no, you've got soul ties to events. That's why you remember those, those times those, those, those bad times, you've got a soul tie. So I started breaking them. I break those soul ties. I break those soul ties. But you know what I mean? I was breaking them and breaking them and breaking them. And then all of a sudden, I had the joy of the Lord came into the truck. And I've heard people say, and, I, and the truck got filled with the joy of the Lord. And I thought, and, and it happened. And I was just breaking soul ties. So this is why we're made to live. Don't live for the past. Live for God. I prayed the other day after conference. I said, Lord, I really want to be 100 years old. I really want to make 100. I don't know why. I just want to make, it, make 100. And then after 100, I thought, oh, what about 110? <laughs> but I don't know. But I said, I want to make 100. Because I think at 100 years old, I would have seen quite a lot of things. Maybe seen my grand, great grands and greats just to witness those things. I don't know. But the thing is, is that we started praying into the future. Lord, I want to see my kids. Actually, I already did that. I want to see them go from university. Done. <laughs> I want to see them get married. Done. Oh, God, it's good. Eh? I want to see beautiful grandchildren. Done. Man, but true, so far I've been praying these prayers for 30 years, and then I look back, I say, oh, snap, Lord. Look at that. You did it. You did it, but then it encourages you to pray more. So now we've got our, our baby, Lyle, Janine, and um, Sumi's son, and then uh, I start prophesying over this child. Lord, I prophesy... Um, Oh, best in sports, rugby, Lord. That he would be the, there's no one faster than him. Lord, I prophesy over these legs, these Tongan Samoan legs, that they would, 
that they would run fast and no one, and I prophesied, and the Lord, and, and then I even started, and I got carried away and I was prophesying over his wife. And he's only this big. And I was saying, Lord, but, but you know the exuberance and the joy of the Lord, you get out there, but it's, there's, there's a different thing to it. It's, it's fun. It, it's, it's so good. I prophesy over my granddaughters, but I won't tell you because Joanna's sitting at the back. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what I mean? But we prophesy. But what I want to say, it's life. The life of the Christian is not mundane. Man, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that took the, the blindness away. The Holy Spirit that's with Jesus on the cross. The same Holy Spirit. Man, it is good. And in Daniel 4, 9, uh, the chief, in Daniel 4, 9, oh, man, these are words, Balthazar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the vision. So he was having visions, but he said to Daniel, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. In Daniel 5, 11, uh, what happened is a, another king, uh, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, but Nebuchadnezzar's wife came in and said, there's a guy in your kingdom right now who can interpret your dreams. And this is how she described them. There is a man in your kingdom whom, whom is the spirit, sorry, whom is the spirit of the holy God. So what I'm saying is that even the world recognized it. They knew. Man, our magicians and our wisdom amounts to nothing. But this is the thing. You become a witness. You become a witness to the world, not just in your joy, but in the power of God, the wisdom of the Lord. I pray for the wisdom of the Lord a lot, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, uh, just to share with you, uh, I'm on the, I think I might have shared this before, but I'm on the board of directors for um, uh, the Bank of Cook Islands, Okay. And uh, I, I finish uh, sixth form at Teriora, right? And in this room is uh, lawyer, 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 lawyers, accountants. Uh, some people got three degrees. And it's quite funny. We were on a Zoom call with a, with a, a consultant in, in Auckland, and we were chatting away. And then he said to me, oh, Gus, you remember that from university? And I said, yeah, when I dropped my kids off. <laughs> You know, but the thing is, is that um, I always, before every meeting, Lord, let me understand all this. <laughs> let me be a good contributor. But the Holy Spirit is, gives wisdom. Holy Spirit gives wisdom. But obviously, there's a lot of homework and a lot of reading. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit will bless your study time too. I don't wing it. I do the work. But the Holy Spirit is there. Don't put your trust in the world. The Holy Spirit will elevate you and do amazing things. Amazing things. He'll even bring us here. Hey, Dion. Bring us here. Bring us here, man. But anyway, so return to our first love. Don't look back at the past. Man, isn't it amazing how the Cook Islands is just going back but the world into those pagan stuff? I opened the paper the other day, and one side was astrology talking about the gods of nature and Ra, and the other side was the, the reprinting of a book on tattoos. Not, I'm not condemning if you've got a tattoos, but what I'm saying is, is that we really are going back, eh? And it's happening quickly. 
It's happening really quickly, and, and now people are talking about the titles and all that. And I'm saying, what, hap what happened? But the thing is, is that are we waiting for an evangelist to come over? Are we waiting for another ship from England? Because I don't think the Church of England sends ships anymore. But are we waiting for another uh, evangelist and like what Murray said, the guy from Tahiti to come with a Bible on his head? Are we waiting for that? You're that Tahitian with a Bible on the head. It's us. We're here now. It's like conference, no airfares, no travel. We're here. We've got to get passionate for the Lord. Why are we letting this happen? Why are we letting this happen? Repent, says the Lord. But what I like about in, in uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you know what it is. It says, turn from your wicked ways and all that. But what the Lord says, I will heal the land. I will heal the land. And our prayer is, heal us, Lord. Heal this land. But what I want to say is that there's no more um, missionaries coming from the Church of England. You're here. It's us. We've got to take responsibility. Don't be a victim anymore. Don't come to church and say, woe is me, God fix me up. Let's get out there and do some work, eh? Let's get out there and do the business. I try hard in my, in my, in my workplace, and I, I said to Sophie, I need to... Um, you know, share more. And uh, I was talking to a guy on the, on the phone, and he's really well, well, super well-known businessman, really well-known businessman. All of you guys would know him. And I was talking to him on the phone. I talked to him quite regularly. And, uh, and uh, I said, how's it going? I won't say his name for privacy. I said, how's it going? And he said, I just had a big flood in my house. And he was really upset. He said he lost all his artifacts and everything got. And I said, oh, that's good. And he said, I think I'm getting a message from upstairs. And I said, I said what is it? That I'm too material, that I, that I have too much stuff. You know what I mean? This is what this, this guy, it'll be funny if I told you who he was, but I won't. And he said, uh, I think I've got too much stuff. I think the Lord's telling me that I can't take it with me. And, and I'm not even saying anything. And so he, here I am, you know, being the Christian trying to witness. And then he said, but anyway, where I'm going... This is almost a quote. I'm going to the other place where it's really hot. I won't need it. And I said, uh, I said I'll pray for you that you don't go there. <laughs> that was my witness. Sorry, it's four words, three words. I'm working on it. But I said, I'll pray for you that you don't go there. And he started laughing. And he said, okay. And then we started talking business again. But I want to say that these opportunities, sometimes it's just something like that. Eh? Let people know you're a Christian. Eh? Don't be an undercover Undercover Christian, let them know, eh? Let them know. I like our staff meetings at work on Monday mornings, and since I've been there, I've always pray and give God the glory, and uh, us, you know, God will fill our staff with the Holy Spirit. But everyone knows that I love the Lord. Anyway, maybe that's all you have to do. Okay, don't look back. Just a couple, couple of things, and, and we're done for this for this afternoon. If I can get your attention to Daniel, chapter six. Verse 3. So what I, you notice that in Daniel, I didn't go into all the bits and pieces about uh, uh, the brothers, uh, the boys going into the fire and, and being burnt, and then they didn't get burnt. And then when the king looked in, he saw Jesus with them. And, you know, this is just part and parcel. You get the protection of God, the protection of God. So you read Daniel yourself and, and you'll see. And the amazing thing about the book of Daniel that a lot of the stuff they say is not for this time. It's for the future events. But the way that I've kind of worked it out in my 
sixth form Teriyoto College mine is that I kind of worked it out is that, okay, if that was Daniel's time and he said that the, some of these revelations are being unfolded as we go along, I'm thinking between now and then, some of it must have been unfolded by now. So then I'm thinking, well, this, is, this explains why the Holy Spirit is giving these messages now for this time, because they're appropriate for this time. And I'm, I, I believe there's probably more messages to come. But the good thing is that we're living in the unfolding and the revelation of the Word of God. And it says right there in Daniel, he, he had some visions that really troubled him. But then the, oh, he had visitations of two angels, Gabriel and Michael. Man, that's pretty cool. He said, can you explain these uh, dreams to me? And Gabriel turns up. Well, this means this, this means that, means that. But this other stuff I'm not going to tell you because it's for a future time. So what I want to say is that the Word of God has been unraveled, unrolled. So it's really good that we're living in this revelation. And this is why this book is always present time. Because it's being revealed as we go along. And the revelation fits 2023. And you might say 10 years, 20 years down the track, it might be different. But anyway, in Daniel 6, 3, um, sorry, Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, if you go down a bit, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, probably said that wrong, because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. And I'm going to close on this point. Why did Daniel stand out? Because an excellent spirit was in him. Who's saying that? Daniel's not saying it. It was a witness of the world. They said an excellent spirit in them. And it's so timely that Jonathan has been teaching us on excellence, the spirit of excellence and honor. But it says there, Daniel, Daniel did a lot of things if you read it, but it said an excellent spirit was on him. But I want to put it to you that there's no spirit more excellent than the Holy Spirit. How can there be? Greater is he that lives in me than he is in the world. There can be nothing, no spirit greater than the Holy Spirit. You can't say there's an excellent spirit and then there's the Holy Spirit. So what, I'm, what I want to deduce from that is that the Spirit upon him was the Holy Spirit, the most excellent Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit was on him, he had excellence. And the world recognized that excellence, but he had an excellent Spirit on him. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.